Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. standing, um, let's just uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Father, more, more and more each day that you're drawing us closer to you. And though we are walking through the valleys and the shadows of death, you are still telling us, don't fear the evil. God is with you. God is leading you to a place that is green pastures. God is leading you to a place where he can restore you. Father, we know that there are things that cause us to feel weak at times, to feel sad at times, to feel even as if we don't know what we're going to do or what to do. But Lord, you are reminding us to get our eyes and keep our eyes on you. And that you can keep us in perfect peace. And today, Lord God, thank you for taking the words, speaking these words through my mouth into the hearts of your people. And for those who have an ear to hear, may they hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And may we be a people of faith, because your word says without faith, we can't and we won't please you. But Father, I thank you that each person here will please you, because they will believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. And so, Father, we thank you. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you this day, God, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Let me just reemphasize just one announcement that Sister Tammy was making, and that was in relationship to the fact that we really do want you to be connected in prayer. We want you to be connected in the Bible studies. Outside in the, uh, the foyer, uh, we have a, um, a sheet similar to this. If you are unaware of how do you connect in prayer, it's a phone call that we want you to make. That phone call, you don't have to put any passcodes or any numbers in. You just make that call, and it will connect you right into a group of people that are praying. So on these um, Wednesday evenings at 6.30s, on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, on uh, Wednesday or on Sunday morning at 8.30, and each day, 5 a.m. Now, that, that requires you to do some leaping to do the 5 a.m. But we are so grateful, so thankful. And I say to each one of you, you can probably say to me, Pastor, I pray. I don't really need to do that with other people. Well, that's contrary to what the Word says. Because you do need individual prayer. We don't question that, and we encourage that. But you do also need corporate prayer. You need to be in a place of unity. You may say, well, I don't necessarily like the format. Well, it's not about the format. It's about of people who are coming into unity about something that we're praying about. And generally, uh, I'm very thematic about what I'm praying about on Saturday. I lead the Saturday prayer time. Sister Ursula uh, Johnson is leading, doing the um, um, Sunday morning prayer hour. 
And there's generally themes that we want you to be praying with us around. Amen. The Bible says that a man ought to what? Always pray. And then there are some of us, if you're like me, when I first walked into this Christian world in which I live now, I didn't know how to pray. Nobody really had explained to me, and most of my prayers were, I was thinking, I can't pray like him. And I was uh, listening to deacons, I was listening to a number of uh, various orators speak, and I thought, I would never be able to pray like that. But it's not trying to pray like someone else, it's doing what the Bible shows us, and the most effective prayer is praying the word of God. And sometimes you learn how to do this by literally just being around people who are doing this. How many of you know that most of your craft that you learn, you were taught? Now, God is a creative God, and he may have added something to what you were taught, but it started probably in a place where you were being taught. And this is what we're saying about prayer. You can also not only get hooked up with the body of Christ, but you can be taught some things in that prayer room. And you know what Jesus said about prayer. We go back to a passage in the scripture where Jesus was overturning things in the temple. He was running some things out so that something could come in. And what he wanted to come in, and he said it in this way, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. And so we will continually emphasize to everyone who is a member, those of you who are watching, those of you who are physically here sitting with us this morning, it's important for you to link up in prayer at some point. And we're saying to you, there are seven days a week where you have that opportunity to do that. Don't go another seven days without hooking up into corporate prayer. Can I, can I say that again? Look at me, everyone, look at me. Don't, don't look down. Look at me. Assure me that you will not try to go another week without hooking up in corporate prayer. You have seven days in which to do that. Different time slots. Some of you are not early people. You know, I was up this morning, 2 o'clock. My eyes were wide awake. I got up, I had my devotion, it was four o'clock and I thought, still too early to go to church. But I was wide awake. And so some of us are like that. We get up early in the morning, some of us are not like that. And that's okay. Me getting up early does not make me more spiritual than you. You getting up at a later hour. But at some place, some time, in those 24 hours that God gives us, we need to be praying. And it's important that we learn how to pray one for another and one with another. Amen? Enough said on that, otherwise I will preach a sermon on it, and I have a different sermon that I'm supposed to preach today. Amen? Because prayer avails as much, church. James 5.16, the prayer of the righteous avails as much. I have a PowerPoint slide. I'm going to ask whoever is uh, in the operating booth there if you'll bring that, um, that slide up for me. It's a PowerPoint presentation that I, I want to just use it as a recap uh, to remind ourselves of what we talked about last year, or last week, rather, <laughs> last year. 
I'm going back a month. So much has been going on in this month of January for me that um, it's, it seems like a blur. You know, within a week's time, I'm getting calls of uh, family members who have transitioned, who have gone home to be with the Lord. You all were with me and praying with me as we were talking about a cousin of mine who was brutally beaten to death. Uh, early on in the year, many of you watched it play out in the news of how this individual stalked her for years and finally went into her home, broke into her home, and, and, and literally killed her. And, and um, we uh, also um, had two cousins this week, and they are sisters uh, within a seven-day stretch of each other. They both have transitioned and gone home to be with the Lord, one just a, a few days ago and the other last night. Um, and, you know, I, I've had times where I've had relatives and we've had two coffins uh, sitting in a church because both of them have transitioned in short periods of time. We are going through that again. And these are tough times, and I, I tell people this is why God is saying to us, draw near to God, draw near to God. Make sure that your family is truly saved. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour. And, and we need to start living like that. And I don't know the day. I don't, have, I don't know the hour. I cannot live loose. I cannot live callously. I cannot live uh, not being aware that God may call my name at any moment, any moment in time, and I need to be ready. And because I know that the Bible talks about two destinations that people go, there is one destination that I certainly want to go. There is one destination that I also want to see my family go to, and that's heaven. But there is a place, and I don't like to preach about it, but it is, and Jesus talks about it. Hell is mentioned in the Bible. Jesus talks about it in the Bible. And it, has, and it is a real place. But it was never, I believe, when my reading or interpretation of the Bible, I don't believe it was ever designed for people, God's children, to go there. But they can, and some do if we don't tell them. Let's tell our families. Let's call our families. Let's, let's communicate. Let's tell our neighbors. Let's tell our co-workers that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And so when we were looking last week from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, and into probably five or six verses into chapter 14, we were looking at the fact that God had brought a people out and had given them a direction. And this is something that I, I like to tell people. God never takes you from something to nothing. Oftentimes I see people trying to transition, and, but they don't have nothing or nowhere that God has told them to go. They are dealing generally from an emotional standpoint that I, I, I'm upset with him or them or her or even you, Pastor. And so I'm transitioning and I'm going, well, where are you going? Because God always takes you from something to something. He's taking them out of Egypt. Why? Because they are being abused. They are being misused. And God says, I want to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, they see some amazing things happen. Absolutely amazing. The ten plagues in themselves is absolutely miraculous. Amazing. But they go on from even the ten plagues to seeing God open up the Red Sea. And they walk to the other side on dry land. 
I don't know about you, even the snow, when the sun rises uh, enough and the ground starts to thaw, what's going to be there? A bit of muddiness. But do you understand the miraculousness of this? Not only opening up the sea, but they walked through on dry land. When the people were feeling that there was a scarcity of food, and they began to demand of their leader, why did you bring us out here? We're going to starve out here. God says, I'm not going to starve you. How many of you know God will supply all of your needs? And from heaven, I call it angel food, but the Bible calls it manna. And every morning, God will provide manna for his people. But how many of you know every now and then people get tired of even what God is doing? I'm not saying that you should, but people do. It's a reality. And they said, we're tired of this light bread. They began to murmur and complain. New Testament scripture tells us, do all things without what? Murmuring or complaining. You have to really check yourself when you get over into that area of your life where everything is about a murmur and a complaint. We try to teach our children, stop murmuring, stop complaining. I don't want to do this. I don't want to eat this. I don't want, and we try to help them to see, but the Lord is blessing you, and he's blessing you right now. Be thankful. Be grateful. So they got into a place where they weren't thankful. They weren't grateful. And of course, we said, well, we, we would like some meat with this, this bread that you're giving us. Now, I don't blame them. I don't just like to eat a slice of bread by itself anyway. You know, put some spread on it, put something on it. I, I don't just want to eat the light bread. So God says, okay, I'll give you meat. And from heaven, God would send down quail every morning. But he would tell them, I don't want the quail to swell your head. I don't want that need to turn into a greed. Gather what you need. But you know what happened. They'd go out with their little baskets look around they didn't need but one it's kind of like what we will tell people when we're giving food we're trying to give you and meet your need but don't get over into greed can I have some more of that can I get some more of that how many of you have ever seen people get more on their plate back in the day of buffets and I know you are probably not going into no buffet now but at the same time back before the pandemic you went into the buffet and you looked and said how in the world that person going to eat all of that food? They had that plate pile up, and, and when they got that one, they said, well, I'm going to get me another plate. And they come back, and you'd be looking at it. I know I'd be looking at them like, you got two plates. And, it, and probably if they had a third hand, they would have had three plates. But then you notice something else. All the food that they got, they didn't eat. They pushed it to a side. Even the person that we call the, uh, the bus boy or the person busting the table, uh, they would, a whole lot of food just would be. And you realize so many people are starving, so many people are hungry, and, and, and you're just saying, well, I paid for it. And, and, and that's just not right. That's not a right attitude. And so that's what happened to the children of Israel. They now began to hoard things up. And each time they would hoard it, it would just, uh, I mean, it'd be full of worms. It'd be full of worms. 
See, sometimes the, the things that we're trying to hoard up, uh, it won't last. And God is saying, I want you to be plugged into a source that will last. And we need to be, you know, it, it's like me when I was listening to a, a sermon this week, Miles, the late Miles Monroe, and Miles Monroe was giving this service, uh, or, or this sermon, and he was asking his congregation in that moment, he said, why did you come here this morning? Did you come really seeking Jesus? Do people really, are we really seeking Jesus? Do we see Jesus as the source? And of course, he was paralleling that with the scripture where, you know, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with the fish and the loaves. And they were back the, the following day. But Jesus knew they were not looking for him. They were looking for what he could give them. Are you looking for the blessing this morning or are you looking to bless the Lord this morning? And see, that's where the children of Israel, as we lead up to Numbers 13, they weren't in a position where they wanted to bless the Lord. Their position they were taking was, bless me, bless me, bless me. Do you know how David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in me, bless his holy name. When you come to the Lord, you come with a, a sense of gratitude. You come with a sense of thankfulness. You come to bless him. You didn't come to be entertained this morning. You came to bless his name. You didn't come to see me this morning because if that's all you did, you came to see me, you've seen me, you can go home. But if you come because you realize that God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself as the manner of some is as you see the day approaching. Folks, all I have to do is look around in my family and I see the day approaching. And I want to not become callous in my thinking, callous in my living, callous in my prayer, callous in the study of the word. All the more it makes me pray a little longer. All the more it makes me study a little longer. All the more it makes me be conscious of what people are going through. And some of you are going through some things right now. And that's why those songs were so appropriate. Look, in the storm, even in the midst of the storm, you're going to have to sing a hallelujah. You're going to have to give God some praise. And that's what wasn't happening because people were feeding their fear. Now, Alfred, if you're ready, in that old slides, if you'll put them up as quickly as as we can. I'm going to go through probably about six of them real quick because it was talking about people last week we were talking about people who are full of fear. I love this graphic because faith is over fear. and You need to turn that fear upside down. You need to give no place to the devil. The Bible speaks in fear about in this way. You remember the Bible said God has not given you what? Now stop there and think about what he just said. Fear is a it's a spirit. That spirit is coming to blind your mind. That spirit is coming to bind you. That spirit is coming so that the devil sets you up to kill, to steal, and to destroy your life. 
But God has given you what? Power, love, and a sound mind. Somebody shout it. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's what God wanted his children to be operating in at all times, in power, with love. So do you understand that your faith won't operate until you operate in love? Faith operates by love. I mean, you know, if you get in your car and you don't have the key, you got a car, but you're not going anywhere until you have the key to ignite it. So that ignition sparks this combustion in that engine and cause it to start up and then you put it in the proper gear and start moving in the direction. Faith, love is what causes your faith to really work. And God gave you the measure of faith. God has given you the measure of faith. Your responsibility and my responsibility operate in love and not in fear. So what happens with people who are full of fear? Next slide, please, Alfred. People who are full of fe fear experience the same thing as people of faith. We covered that last week. They see the same thing. These people, 12 spies, went into the same territory, saw the same thing, but 10 of them came back with different reports. The Bible refers to that even as evil reports. They see evidence. Number two, we said they see evidence, but they forget it so quickly. What was the evidence that we were describing? Did they not see everything that God said that they would see? The land would be flowing with what? Milk and honey. The grapes were so big that they had to put it on a pole and two people carry it. They saw that. They even brought that back to the camp. They see evidence, but they're forgetting. Folks, how many of you have seen the evidence of the Lord in your life? Please don't ever forget what the Lord has done for you. That's all we're trying to say with that point there. Please don't forget. No matter what storm you're facing right now, sometimes you have to remember this is what the Lord has done. And he has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Here's the third slide, if you would, Alfred. The third thing, quickly they turned the conversation from positive to negative. And they began, the fourth point, to begin to paint a real fearful picture. And I was thinking about this. I was talking to Elder Felix in my office a few moments ago, and I said, there's a portion in that scripture that said when they started talking to the people, they said, we can't go and, and, and possess this land. God was saying to them, you can do this now. And they were saying, maybe later. And we know what happened. Forty days they had been in that land. And 40 days, they have allowed themselves to feed on fear, feed on fear, and they begin to embellish it. Remember they said to, to, to the people, man, in this land, we are like grasshoppers. And, and I was being sarcastic and saying, were the giants looking down there and saying, hey, that's the Israelites. Man, they look like grasshoppers. No, they were embellishing the truth. If you look at the scripture real closely, it said it was a land where there was a giant. But now they say all the people are huge. And I started laughing. I get humor in it because I started saying, must have been 150-pound babies in that land because everybody is big. But they said something else that I found so interesting. They said, the earth opens up and swallows you. The Lord said, that was a lie. He says, they were there 40 days. Did the earth swallow any of them up? 
But they came back among the crowd and stirred up something. How many of you know people can come in a crowd and stir up something? I am very careful as a pastor of looking, especially in leaders, I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what you say to people. Are you stirring up their faith or are you stirring up their fear? Because these were all described as leaders, remember? One from every tribe went into there and he said, get leaders. But sometimes leaders don't lead. They don't lead people into faith. They lead people into fear. And 10 of them were leading the people into fear, saying we're like grasshoppers. The ground swallows people up. We can't do that. You shouldn't take that coronavirus shot because it'll mess you up. Here I go again. And yes, I'm going to keep going there because I want this to stop, folks. You need to be vaccinated. You need to be tested when it's possible. And you need to be prayerful. But don't stir up people. I'm not getting it because. I'm not putting that poison in my vein. What are you talking about? The Bible says if you're doing things unto the glory of God, you can drink deadly poison and it wouldn't even hurt you. But we don't, I don't believe doctors are trying to do something to hurt us. I don't believe that the, the, this is something that's a conspiracy theory. I believe that God is trying to keep you alive. And I believe that God is trying to get you over into faith while you are alive. And live and not die and glorify God. But when you begin to paint fearful pictures... People's faith began to decrease to the point where there was no faith. You know what happened. They were ready. Joshua jumps in. Caleb jumps in. And they said, no, we are well able to go do this. We can do it now. Somebody shout, we can do it now. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it now. Faith always says now. Now faith is the substance. Now. Now. Fear says, maybe later. Fear says, not now. And oftentimes, if you keep feeding fear, it says, it will never happen. Yet, your faith is always saying, now, now. This is why in the 23rd Psalm, it's so pronounced by saying, yea, though I walk through the valleys in the shadows of death, I am not in fear. Why? God. God's with me. His word is not me. His word is in my mouth now. His word is in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Go to the next slide because I'll end up preaching this all over again. People of fear, they reject the faith and the encouragement of others. And that's Caleb and Joshua, you remember? That's in the 14th chapter. That's even Moses and Aaron trying to get in and help the people to get back to faith. But they are in fear these people exaggerate things. They instill fear into others. Misery loves company. Fear is likewise. It wants everyone to be in fear. Next slide, please. One of the things that we covered. Fear causes others. People who are full of fear cause others not to reach their potential. All of these people could have gone into the promised land that day. But what would happen? God says, take them back to that point of disobedience, which was the wilderness. 
Read chapter 14. I hope you did this week. God says, take them back to that point of disobedience. Let me say to you in your life, any point in your life where you reject the things of God, you're not going to move any further. And God will leave you back in that place of your rejection of what he's telling you that you can do, what you can have, what you can be. And look what he said to them. He said, give them a year for every day that they rejected me. What happened? Forty days they were in that land experiencing and seeing the blessings of the Lord, the truth of God's word, but yet rejecting every bit of it. And God said, give them a year for every day that they were out there rejecting what I had given them. That's why the 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years out there in the wilderness. And a lot of other people, you know what happened. 40 years a whole generation dies in the wilderness. I love the fact that it was the next generation that goes in. How many of you ever went on a trip with your children? And your children are old enough to ask you that question. You know what the question is? Are we there yet? I love that about children because they don't see it as not obtainable. They just want to know, are we there yet? And that's how we, that's why God speaks to us about having childlike faith. Are we there yet? We're continuing to keep moving, but we want to get there. How many of you want to get there where God is taking you? And God was taking them, and he was saying, you can go in now. But they were saying, not now, not now, and wondered 40 more years. Here's the eighth thing that I said concerning people with fear. They don't see things as they are. They see things as they are. In other words, if you are a fearful person, if you are a suspicious person, you, everybody that you come in contact, you're suspicious about them. Why did Maui speak to me this morning? Somebody can bless you. Why did he, why, why, why did he give me that? Why did he give me that gift? You're always suspicious that somehow something wrong is going to happen. You don't count it and be grateful and thankful that that was God blessing me. That was God surrounding me with his favor like a shield. Next slide, please. But people full of faith, they do something different. Here's one of the things that I find that people of faith do. They don't forget what God has done. They don't forget what God has done. You have to put yourself in remembrance of what the Lord has done. Somebody say, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. People of faith never forget what God has done. They rehearse their victories. Come on. You remember this little boy named David? You remember what he did? He, when he is facing a challenge, Goliath is his challenge. Goliath is the challenge of the whole nation. David goes running to the battle, and David is making declarations like this. He says, when there was a lion, he didn't forget that God had delivered him. He said, and when there was a bear, you, you understand? He's, the Holy Ghost is 
helping you to bring things to your remembrance so that you don't forget what the Lord has done. And the Bible is saying to you, what the Lord has done, you might want to start speaking to yourself. When the storm comes, you've got to speak to yourself because your flesh has kicked in and your flesh is warring against what the Spirit of God wants to do to bring you up. And so God says, speak to yourself in psalm, in hymn, in spiritual psalm. Make melody in your heart to the Lord. So when sadness and sickness tries to come, God says, put on the garment of praise, and it will lift the what? Spirit of heaviness. And some of you, you, you just stay in the heaviness. It's just like when I got the news concerning my cousin, heaviness came. But I wasn't going to stay in heaviness. Come on. God says, cast all of your cares onto me because I care for you. My yoke is easy and the burdens are what? Light. I find that my God gives anointing that destroys that kind of yoke and removes that kind of burden off of my life. But I've got to go to God or otherwise I'll keep feeding something that keeps bringing me down. You know, I always like to talk about, I, I won't say I always like to talk about it, but there's an aunt, she's going home to be with the Lord. Her name was Sydney, Aunt Sydney. And Aunt Sydney, I've shared with you about Aunt Sydney, um, just always believing that she had to have medication. Even to the point that the, God, the, the doctor gave her a placebo with nothing but sugar pills. And she said, oh, now let her take my medicine. I feel so much better. <laughs> Folks, you don't need a placebo. You need the word of God. You need the word of God. Speak the word. This is why Jesus said, I love this centurion God. Man, look at this guy. This is great faith. If you want to know what great faith is, look at this guy. He is speaking the word. He is speaking the word. He says, God, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word only. How many of you would really enjoy the word of God? I don't know about you. I, I, there is nothing more exciting to me than the Word of God. And if in your life is there something that you are pursuing harder than you are pursuing the Word of God, you've got it twisted. You've really got it twisted. Your life is twisted right now. And that's why the Bible says to you, you've got to learn how to seek what? First, the kingdom. People who are full of faith, the first place they go is to the Word. It's not that they don't face challenges. It's not that they don't face uh, uh, hardships. Because even, you remember Paul saying to uh, uh, Timothy, he said, I'm teaching you to be a good soldier so that you can learn how to fight and endure what? Hardness. But he was saying, in order to endure this hardness, you've got to be constant. Remember what he said to him? Be in instant, what? In season and out of season. Instant in what? Instant in speaking the word when that situation comes. Instant in believing the report of the Lord. So they don't forget what God has done. Here's the second thing that people of faith who are full of faith do. Number two, uh, it, it, they move forward. They don't stay. It, 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 I, I love, uh, you know, I always mention Ron Cannoli with this song. He says, if you catch hell, don't hold it. And if you're going through hell, don't stop. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. One of the things that the children of Israel from the book of Numbers, they stopped. 
That's why they were in the wilderness for so long. They wouldn't move forward. Your faith is to take you forward. Your faith is not for you to say, well, I'm going to wait till the sweet by and by. No, it's now and now. I'm moving forward. I'm taking faith steps. I walk by faith and not by sight. I am moving forward. Look, I was sharing with you, you realize that both me and Miss Pat was attacked in the last year. She was attacked with a, uh, a ACL and meniscus tear, and it was so that she wouldn't move forward with helping people. I've got a reason to stay home now. I've got, how many of you know that, that there are times when I would say to Miss Pat, stay home, and I'd look up an hour later, she didn't got the neighbor to bring her. She, she got everybody to bring us up Uber. And I was just, wasn't no need of me saying anything at that point. Because what she was saying, I'm moving forward. Look, the doctor said to me when that thing was this, this, oh, so painful in my foot. He says, you might want to just get it lifted and elevate it for a few days. I said, like in a few days, I need to be preaching, doc. How I many of you know, you've, sometimes you've got to walk through the valley. You've got to walk through that thing that's over you, that's shattering you. You've got to walk through that thing that says it will cause your death. Because why? God said, move forward. I talk to colleagues that are in this profession called ministry. And many of them say, I'm not opening the doors of my church. I said, I can never see our doors closed. I cannot see them closed. I'm moving forward. I am not letting the enemy stop me. Look, Moses said to the people when they got to the Red Sea, the Red Sea said to them, it's the end. Moses said, stand and see the hand of the Lord. We are going to what? Keep moving forward. Church, shout. We will keep moving forward. Why are we moving forward? Because God has given us the measure of faith. We're going to feed our faith, not fear. Amen. Woo. Come on, give me the next slide. Here's what people full of faith do. They are God dependent. I'm not leaning to my own understanding. Father, I'm looking at a situation, and yes, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I am God-dependent. I want you to be God-dependent. You cannot do this in your own strength. You cannot do this in your own flesh. The arm of the flesh will fail you, but walking in the Spirit, walking by faith, you'll never You'll never let the enemy stop you. You move. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. You've got to be tenacious. That's why you got to speak to yourself. That's why you got to renew your mind. To not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what that speaking to yourself, speaking the word of God to yourself, saying flesh I know what you want to do. You want a war. 
You want to war against the spirit, but I am being led by the spirit. This is why I want to teach on this. Coming Wednesday, I'll start a series on what does it look like? What, does it, what are we trying to say to you in saying, be led by the spirit? Very important for the children of God to know how to be led by the spirit. Because God says this about us. He says, my sheep know my voice. But the voice of the stranger. L look at this now. Come on now. You understand? God says, my voice is speaking. But there is another voice. It's not my voice. But it is a voice speaking to you. Whose report, though, will you believe Whose report, whose direction, whose instruction, whose guidance are you going to follow? I know that the Bible tells me the Holy Ghost is my guide. The Holy Ghost is my counselor. The Holy Ghost is my comforter. The Holy Ghost. God wants me to walk in the spirit. And he says, if I'll do this, those things that the flesh is lusting to do, which is always to get you to not move forward. I've shared this because I heard this. Brother T.D. Jakes said these words in a men conference years ago, probably over a decade. He says a lot of people are always talking about the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. But don't you realize that God has bound him? And then he says, don't give any place to him. In other words, don't take the keys that I gave you and unlock them and let them have way in your life. He says, now you have the authority. You have that authority. But if, if you keep him bound, he'll be bound. But if you lose him, come on. My grandmother used to say, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Give no place, is what the scripture would say to us, give no place to the devil. See, some of us, we give place to the devil. We give place to that fear. We give place to that doubt. We give place to that grief. We give place to it. And God says, don't give place to it. Use what I've given you. Use the tools that I've given you. Use the faith that I've given you. And he said, you can say to the mountain, and it feels like a mountain, looks like a mountain, say to the mountain, be thou removed. Be cast in the sea. Be plucked up by the roots and go from here. How often do we do it, though? I don't know about you. I don't like pity parties. Don't invite me to your pity party. I'm not coming. I'm not RSVPing to it. I'm not giving ear to fear. But if you want to have me over at your faith party, hey, I'm there. Count me here. If I've got a plus one, I'm bringing my plus one with me. But it's faith that I'm going to hear. Because I know it's faith that's going to keep moving me forward. But I know what fear will do. Fear will paralyze me. Fear will paralyze you. And God has not given us that spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. I want to show you something. Sometimes, you know, when we're going through something, we don't realize that um, sometimes you just need to stop and, and, and say, God, I need your help in this. Acts chapter 4. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Acts chapter 4, when we leave Acts chapter 4, I want to take you over to uh, Joshua chapter 1. But Acts chapter 4, I think we are probably going to land somewhere around verse 28. Uh, let me find it real quick. Are you with me? Amen. You over into the book of Acts? Yes. Say, help pastor get there real quick. <laughs> Amen. You're ahead of me, and I thank God that you're in your Bible and that you know where to go. In Acts chapter 4, if you go over there with me uh, as quick as possible, we want to go down to verse number... Let, let, let's start at verse 23, but verse 28 down to verse 31 is where I'm going to kind of focus in on. But to put it in perspective in the context, uh, this passage of Scripture really has to do with, you know, praise and prayer. That when you're going through uh, a situation in your life, God is trying to teach you to come out of that situation, to come out of that heaviness, to come out of that burden. You are going to have to be disciplined in praise and prayer. Praise and prayer. So let's start now in verse 20, 23. And, and, and being let go, this is Peter and John that we're talking about being let go. And being let go, they went to their own company. This is why you hear me often saying company of believers, a company of believers. That's what we are. We are a company of believers. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against your holy child, Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determine before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Now, why, am I, why do I have you here? Because I'm saying to you there are some times when threats are coming. There are times when we are in the darkest seeming period of our lives. We have to ask God, God, strengthen me. How many of you need the strength of the Lord in your life right now? And the Bible says sometimes we don't even have it because we're not even asking God. You can see that these, they say, we're servants. Nobody has got a title. Nobody is shouting their titles. Everybody is saying, God, I'm just your servant. This is what 
my heart's desire for this congregation is that we begin to de-escalate from all of our titles and just see ourselves as servants of God. Do you notice that we have a very easy time saying Peter, John, Paul, even Jesus. But somehow in the world in which we're living now, people live by their titles so much that you can't even address them by their first name. Oh, no, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm Pastor So-and-so. I'm Bishop So-and-so. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Why don't we just settle to be servants? Just servants. How many of you are okay just being a servant of the Lord? And I believe that's where, that's, that's a humble place. I'm just a servant. There's nothing wrong with getting education. There's nothing wrong, wrong with answering calls of ministry. But can you just re still remain a servant? Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. See, sometimes folks, stuff is coming at you, people are rejecting you. You still need a boldness to speak that word because it's trying to get you to shut up. Do you know that that's what they had said to the disciples? Just shut up. We won't, we won't hassle you guys anymore if you just shut up. But like Ezekiel says, this is like fire. Shut up in my bones. And this is why I say to you, if I had a, a, a cigarette lighter and, and I put that fire next to your skin, I guarantee you, you wouldn't move. I guarantee I would hear a sound from you. I guarantee you, if a person was even mute and I put it next to them, you would hear a sound from the mute one. Now, I'm not su suggesting that we do something cruel like that, but I'm saying the, he gives us this example to help us to see fire. When you have the fire of God, you cannot be silent about it. You have to shout it from the rooftop. You have to let it be known. This is where the disciples are. But they say, Lord, the threats are real. So grant us something, God. How many of you know that, and we're going to Joshua in a few minutes, Joshua 1 and 8, if you're wondering where, when we get to Joshua. Do you understand that that's what God was giving Joshua? Boldness. He said, I need you to be bold. I need you to be courageous. In the time that we're living in right now, folks, people, and, and, and this sickness, this disease, and I, I was listening to re responders saying, we can't even do some of the basic surgeries that we need to do because of coronavirus. People that need knee surgery say, we can't get it to them now. People that need various operations, they say, we can't operate now because we're so full with cases. And, 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 and people were saying, well, the coronavirus is not killing anybody, is it now? The, the Omicron variant is not killing people. We just get it and we get over it. There was a bunch of kids down in North Carolina, University of North Carolina, was having what they call COVID parties. COVID party, who can catch it first? Because we'll be over it in 14 days. Don't let the devil suck you into that. Or you'll just be over it. 
It would remind me when Pat and I, we were living in Florida, and they would give these warnings about hurricanes and tell you that you needed to move for if you were along the beach lines or the coastline. And you might want to, as it were, board up your house and move further inland. And some people would say, well, we're giving a hurricane party because we're going to ride it through. Look, you might be on a horse that you don't want to be riding. That's a book of Revelation. I won't go there, but you might be on the wrong kind of horse riding there. Let, let's go to the next scripture, if you could, for me, Alfred. He says, help me to be stronger, God. Help me to be bolder. Help me to be the servant that I need to be by doing what? Stretching out your hand to heal. Have you asked God to stretch out his hand to heal? See, sometimes you just need to see the hand of God. You just need to see the hand of God. And they're asking, Lord, would you stretch out your hand? I mean, you know, God doesn't have a problem about stretching out his hand. But people who are full of faith realize that in times when their flesh is failing them, when their mind is probably overwhelmed, they reach to God and say, God, give me strength during this time. Give me strength during this time. Give me a hallelujah. I think we're going to have to sing that song again. Because this is the time when you sing a hallelujah. This is the time when you do a praise the Lord. And he says, stretch out your hand and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Look at how he classified Jesus. Also a servant. There are times where you have to say to God, I am weak, I am tired, and I am worn. So Lord, stretch out your hand. Show people that I'm not just preaching this or saying this in vain. You are God. You are a mighty God. You are an awesome God. When your family is rejecting, your friends are rejecting, your neighbors are rejecting, say, Lord, stretch out your hand. I've done all that I can. They, they've said, we've been in the presence of Herod. We've been in the presence of Pilate. So, Lord, they haven't believed that report. So stretch out your hand. Let's go over to Joshua real quick. Time is just moving so quickly. Joshua, chapter 1. Old Testament, Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. I want to start it specifically at verse number 8, and I want to be able to go through this real quick, telling you how to feed your faith. In Joshua 1.8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate in it. What? When? Day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Let me give you three things that I get out of this. Because a lot of people want the blessings of God. They want the then. The, the then. He said, then you will have good success. They want the good success, but there are three things that the Bible speaks about. He says, you need to be speaking the word. Number one, you need to be speaking the word. Number two, you need to be thinking the word. And number three, you need to be doing the word. Everybody say speaking, thinking, doing. 
That's what is in Joshua 1.8. That's what's packed in here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Speaking it. Speaking it. When you get in the word, the word is supposed to be getting into you. And when the word is getting into you, you are speaking what thus saith the Lord. And look what he says. You shall meditate in it day and night. Thinking. You're speaking it. You're thinking it. And then what he said, that you may what? Observe to do. So most people don't speak the word. They don't think the word. They don't do the word. But they want that portion there says, for then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. You can't get to the prosperity and the success without those three steps being in place in your life. People who are full of faith speak the word, think the word, and do the word. This is how they move forward. This is how they move forward. You can remember, this is a place where the church, where Israel is stagnant. They are on the banks of the Jordan. They see the the, the raging of this river. And how many of you know, you can drown in a river. There are people who have drowned in various rivers around here. The river can run pretty rapidly. But God is saying, you forgot something. Remember that there was a sea and I took you across it? Do you think that this little river is greater or too hard for me? Do you remember what God brought you through? Do you remember what God brought you out? And whatever you're facing right now, God is saying, do you remember? Speak the word now. Think about what God has done. And act on it. I find that in this particular passage, he states a couple of principles. Two of them are positive and two of them are negative. Look at verse number nine with me, please. Two are positive and two are negative. He says, have I not commanded you to be what? And do not, here's the other two, do not be nor be what is he saying I need you to stay in faith don't get over into fear he presents it in a command and a command is don't be afraid a command is don't be dismayed but in the same breath he is also saying be strong and be of good courage Do you believe that God is always with you? I'm going to ask this group over here. Do you believe that God is always with you? To the viewing audience, do you believe that God is always with you? And if God is always with you, what can come against you? What can harm you? What can separate you from this great love? That's all God is trying to get his people. He said, yeah, I don't care how big the giant is. I'm bigger than that. I don't care how wide COVID has allowed itself to be. I'm greater than that. 
do you believe that God is always with you? Because if you believe that God is always with you, you keep moving by faith. But if you believe that God has somehow left you, if you believe that somehow the devil can get in, See, I believe that God is with me, and I give no place to the devil. And I keep moving by faith, not by sight. That's what I'm encouraging you to do today. To walk by faith, to be full of faith, to be full of the word, and to know you are surrounded. You know the song sometimes we sing it and it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. How I many of you remember that passage? It, it, it ties into a scripture where the young man comes and, and he says to the prophet of, of God, he says, there's an army out there. We, 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 we need to go out. He comes into the front side of the tent, but he's saying to the prophet, we need to slip out through the back because there's an army out there. And you remember what the prophet did? The prophet packed up, got some bread, got some water, and they fled out in the back, didn't they? No, they didn't do that. That's not what the scripture tells us they did. The, they said, the prophet said, Lord, would you open his eyes? Would you open his eyes so that he can see that there are more with us than that are out there standing against us? How many of you know you've got angels all around you right now? How many of you know there are more angels? around you to protect you and to surround you with the favor of God so that you are blessed when you go out. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the city. And whatever you put your hands to, you are still what? Blessed. And you're blessed like that. I don't know about you, but I think about what God has told me. Because if I think about what the world is saying to me, it drives fear into your spirit. I'm not going to be dismayed by the numbers, I'm not going to be overwhelmed or afraid. If God be for me, who can be against me? So these truths in Joshua are so important in verse 8, verse 9. Quickly, Romans 10, 17. I just want to give you some scriptures to help you to understand. You're feeding your faith, and you're feeding your faith with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. How, how do you... How do you feed your faith? Do you get up and have a discipline in your life to get into your Bible? I, I was, I'm, I'm kind of amused. There's a, a young person uh, who just getting into their Bible, and, and I, I laugh because uh, they're reading things that it's so exciting, and they want to come and preach it to me every time they see me. And sometimes it's a little bit off, and I have to help them to straighten out the the, the, the doctrine, but. I'm excited that they're reading and studying the word, though. That's what the excitement is. And, and, and how many of you know that your children, when they start to read and when they start, they, they may say a word that's a little bit funny to you. They may, they, they may have a thought, and you help us what? Straighten it out. You, you become a teacher. And that's what God wants us to be able to do is to get people to get into the word. But then if they are a bit off, you don't criticize them. You just help them to see it from perhaps, as we would say, a different perspective. A different pers so then faith, Romans 10, 17, you know this one, don't you? So then faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing what? So if you're going to have faith, 
You cannot be hearing fear all of the time. I watch the news, but I don't watch it all the time. I've got to get into my word. And some of us only feed on what the news channels are saying. Start feeding on what the word of God says. You have access to so much biblical teaching. It's as if God is saying, you are without excuse if you're not getting the word in you. Here's another assignment I'm going to give you. I want you to take just the scripture that we just read, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. And I want all of us to stand up at, on next Sunday and recite it without our Bibles in our hands. Let me just say it again. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, verse 9. Just take it. What I'm not trying to do, I'm trying to get you into an action step now where you're not just coming and just hearing me say stuff, maybe even occasionally say amen, but you're not applying it to your life. If you will apply this and allow yourself to even remember two verses, chapter 1, verse 8, verse 9, it will start to get in you. It will. Some of us, the word doesn't get into us. It's because we are... We're too religious. We're not relational with God. We're religious. I went to church. Okay, you went to church. But did you go to church because you wanted to draw near to God? Did you want the word to be nigh you, even in your mouth, so that you could resist the devil and the devil would flee? You've got to get the word in you. Faith comes. Every time I preach the word, every time we put scriptures up there and speak the word, faith comes. But that doesn't mean that you have embraced it. It just came. I mean, you know that sometimes the delivery person will come to your house and they've got what you need. But there are times where there's nobody to receive. And they may have to leave a note on there and say, we came. We were prepared to deliver. But no one was there to receive. You've got to receive the word also. The Bible says those who gladly received it, not just heard it, but received it. And a lot of people don't receive it because we don't put it back into remembrance. Technology has blessed us so where you can even take the message that I'm preaching now and in a few minutes or hours, you will be able to go back and say, I didn't quite hear everything that pastor was saying. I might have been distracted by my child or my, my, my but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in how to feed my faith, so I'm going back, and I'm going to listen to that again. And on Monday, you might say, I'm going back, and I'm not just trying to point you just to this message. I'm trying to point you to the word. Because you may have read a scripture last year. You heard Joshua 1, 8 and 9, two years ago. But do you know it? Is that real to you? Do you realize that that's real for you right now? That that belongs to you? Also, the very encouraging word that God spoke to Joshua is the same encouraging word that he's speaking to you. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. Luke chapter 17, verse 5, real quick. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. 
And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. They weren't wrong for asking that. What God was basically saying and would share with them, I've given you the measure of faith. You've got to exercise it, though. You've got to exercise it. You've got to exercise that faith. One of the better examples that I've heard in helping the people to understand what we mean when we say you've got to exercise your faith. We say in relationship to anyone that's here, Divine, come here real quick. Just come and stand right there. I'm going to stay a distance. He said, oh, Pastor, you put me on the spot. Uh, come on, give Divine a hand, folks, as he's coming. I love your name, Doc. Divine has all the muscle that he's ever going to get. He does. God has given him a muscular structure. But do you know that, I think you young people like to say, you can get all swole up. What, what would happen, Maui, if Divine starts to lift some weight every day, starts doing some curls? What would happen? They would what? Develop. What would happen if you start exercising the word of God in your life? You will develop. And you will develop into a strong woman, a strong man of faith, because you are not Come on, how many of you know you can develop a lot of fat? I ain't going to go too deep in that. <laughs> because all they're trying to tell, thank you, Divine. Give him another hand. Thank you. But Divine has all of the muscles that he's going to get. It's important now that he starts to what? Develop it. How many of you know if I put your arm in a sling and left it in the sling for 30 days, do you realize that your arm would be weak? Because why? You weren't using it. How many of you know that if I give you the word of God for these 30 days in January of 2022 and you don't use it, you'll still be You'll still be weak. You have sat here. You have heard like everybody else heard. But you didn't do anything. You know what the word says. Faith without works is what? Very weak. Stand. This is why caregivers, nurses, doctors always say concerning the patient that is in the hospital, we've got to get them up as quick as possible. Even if they just walked from their room to the nurse's station, that's important for them to maintain what? Strength. This is what pastor is trying to get you to see. If you do not exercise the word, folks, you'll never get past coronavirus if you don't even put the word on a common cold. I'm believing God for cancer. You haven't even believed God to get rid of a cold in a few days. So how do you think you're going to deal with this thing called cancer? See, you've got to start exercising it. You can't just keep saying what you were accustomed to saying. I'm catching a cold. Throw it back. Throw it back. 
God didn't tell you to catch a cold. God tell you to speak to that thing that's coming against your immune system. And you begin to, to declare, by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm giving no play to the devil. I'm not saying that he won't attack you, folks. I'm just saying you got to know that you have a no trespassing sign and you have to enforce it. The blood is saying no trespassing. The blood of Jesus is saying to the devil, you can't bring death here. Why have you been taking communion if you don't believe in the power of the blood? I believe in the power of the blood. And if the blood of animals calls the deaf angel to pass over, how much more shall the blood of Jesus work in my life, in your life, in our lives? That's what God is trying to get us to see. Do you believe? Increase our faith, God. And God is saying, but you got it. Develop it. Develop that faith that I've given you. Develop it. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. English standard version of it, if I can. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. It says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. Come on, read the last part of it. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. I love this. If always indicates that there is a what? condition what's the condition of having whatever you pray for faith what is faith about faith if, if, if you you look at this word faith it's, it's, sometimes it's almost interchangeable with the word belief and the word belief in many instances especially in the New Testament is equated to faith it comes from a Greek word and I'm going to spell it for you P-I-S-T-I-S pistis it means that you have faith in God. You have faith in God. I'm not asking God to do something that I don't believe that God can do and that I don't believe that God will do. Come on. We're not talking about some stupid stuff. If, if somebody said to me, Pastor, I'll pay you a billion dollars to have a baby. Is it possible? No. No. There's nobody in the Bible that, 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 that you can tell me about that it was male and God said they had a baby. And God's not going <laughs> He's not going to work like that, folks. He's not going to do something foolish. But he's saying, if you ask this in accordance with God's will, he's going to do it. And you need to have faith in God. Has God said that he would heal you? Yeah. Then have faith in God. Has God said that he will protect you? Yes. Then have faith in God. Has God said that he would bless you? Yes. yes. Then have faith in God. Did God say that he would prosper you? Yes. Then have faith in God. Did God say that he would deliver you? Yes. Then have faith in God. That list can go on. That's why when Moses was having a bit of a struggle when he had seen the burning bush and God is saying, Moses, I want you to go in and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses said, I, I, God, I have a few problems. 
I can't speak. Very good, God. Moses gives us an indication that he had a little bit of a stuttering problem. And God said, no problem. I'm raising up somebody called Aaron, and he will be a mouthpiece for you. But you can find through the Bible, Moses really didn't have a stuttering problem at all. Sometimes we are looking for ways to get out of what God is telling us we can do. Then Moses said, well, Pharaoh is pretty big in Egypt. Everybody knows who Pharaoh is. Who shall I say sent me? Anybody remember that? Who shall I say sent me? And you know what God told Moses? I tell him I am that I am. And I like to picture it this way. I am with a big blank line behind it. Do you understand? You can fill in the blank. I am the healer. I am the comforter. I am whatever you need. Whatever you ask in prayer, he's that. And you will be able to receive it if you have faith. People who feed their faith and starve their fears, they go to God in prayer. Another scripture, real quick, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. You know it, you say it a lot, I'm sure. It says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Come on. How many of you know how to read? Okay, help me then. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. I thought you told me you could read. Is it that I need to put my glasses on? Okay, I'll put my... You're right. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Everything is not always going good in my life, God. But what do you want me to do even when it's not going good in my life? And in case you were going to mess it up, he says again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. That's the equivalent of what the scripture is trying to say. You are now putting on what? The regarment of praise. But somebody just died. You all stopped on me on that. You still are to rejoice. Always means. Anybody can give me a definition of the word always? Continuously? Without stopping? No pause? Not putting. See, we want to put God on pause. Because we want to go the way I feel at that moment. Don't go the way you feel. Cause and speak to your flesh. Bring that flesh into subjection. Cast down every imagination that exalts itself against what you know from the word of God. If the word of God says rejoice always, then rejoice always. But this is not the time. I don't feel like rejoicing. Speak to yourself. In the Psalms, in the hymn, in the spiritual song, and make melody in your heart. Rejoice. Oftentimes, like with my cousins, I know they knew the Lord, so I can rejoice. For a moment, 
You know what the scripture says. Weeping may endure what? For a night. But what? Joy. Because God is trying to get me back to here. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Jesus for a moment says, Father, this is a bitter cup. But nevertheless, I'm not here to do my will. This is about what? Your will. And your will for me is to rejoice. In 1 Thessalonians, it talks about the same thing. This is the will of Christ or the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That you rejoice. And you rejoice always. People who are full of faith are people that are joyful people. Because they know that the joy of the Lord is their strength. They know that when weakness is trying to overtake their body, they are now speaking to their bodies in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs because they're going to get strength. Sometimes I, I see this in this picture. Can you imagine in your mind's eye right now a railroad track? These two metal rods just running down that makes up what we call a railroad track. And I want to say to you, you have to learn how to realize that, yeah, evil is present, but God is present. Amen. God is present. It, it's just, what side of that track are you going to keep focused on? And I don't know about you, but I, I, I choose to keep tracking with God, seeing the goodness. I mean, you know you're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Feed your faith, Amen. not your fears. Don't keep your eyes on that side of the track where evil is, look like it's running parallel. Right now in the world in which we live, it like evil is parallel. You know, well, God says this, but man, this is happening. God says, by his stripes, we're healed. But, Pastor, 500,000 people alone in America has died. But do you know another 500,000 didn't die? That there are people that got attacked and they lived? And so it's a perspective that you have to keep. And the old saints would say, it's a charge that I, I have to keep. And that charge is, keep your eyes on him. Keep your mind stayed on him. And he'll keep you. And he'll keep you in perfect peace. Let's bring it to a close there. I'll pick this up in terms of what I'm going to start in Wednesday's teaching about being led by the Spirit of God. It's important to be led by the Spirit of God. Look at your neighbor says, I'm going to see a victory today. You're going to see a victory today. You're going to see something great today. You're going to see something powerful happen in your life today. Why? Because you are going to feed on the word of God. Faith. 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 Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. I believe, and you heard me say that, I don't think that God wants us to leave church without a song in our hearts. We sang a song earlier this morning and I asked during this time of preaching that I felt like the Spirit of God says you, you need to sing it one more time. 
I believe we need to go out with this. See it as your benediction. I don't have to always say the same things or, 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 or as it were, give you uh, these words spoken over you. I believe that sometimes it's a song that seals the message. And I believe it'll seal it. And I want you to be in your car singing it. I want your children to be in the car singing it with you. I want it to be in your mind when you go home tonight that that song, you couldn't get it out of your mind. And God didn't want you to get it out of your mind. He wanted you to keep your mind stayed on him. And Psalms, I find, help us to keep our mind stayed on him. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing it with them. At any point in time that you feel uh, like exiting, please go ahead and exit. Let me just say we have something in the way of uh, produce for you that will bless you. So when you go out, feel uh, uh, the liberty to take as much as you would like. Uh, we have plenty of it. Uh, and God bless you. It is out there in the lobby for you when you depart. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.